Salutations, possums. Ooh, man, have we been putting out some content for you folks. We have more on the way. So I just want to start this out by thanking our listeners and supporters. We have come a long way in the past year, and it's all thanks to you guys. Your support is taking us to the hallowed land, Canton, Ohio, to walk the same halls that the legends have walked. We are heading out tomorrow to the Fantasy Football Expo, and we'd be thrilled to meet some of you guys there. So if you happen to be attending, hit us up on our socials or swing by the booth. We're going to be having a good time. Hope you guys do, too. Um, really, guys, since day one, we've been trying to build a community here where any member of the Passel can reach out with anything and ride this fantasy football journey together with us. So remember, during draft season, that these memories made during your home drafts are things that you guys will remember forever. So cherish those moments with your close friends and then proceed to dominate them this season. With that said, I am here with Josh and Billy. And as always, we are bringing you the information needed to rock your league. Follow us at Offensive Points and follow our company at the IDP Army. Today, we are going to highlight some of the under, under the radar and above the radar guys to have in your back pocket during your draft. So, Josh, Billy, what's up? That was such a wholesome message, and all I could think of was shit-talking to you during that, but then it kept getting better and better and nicer and nicer, and then you rocked it with it, so I'm coming right back yep. with it. We have been putting out great content? Oh, here we Question go. Question mark? I mean, uh, Joe, missed, Joe missed last week, so me and Billy have been putting out great content, <clears throat> and Joe will hopefully continue to put out great content with us. He did say he quit before the pod, so we're not really sure what's going on here. But that's our—that's just a typical pre-show meeting. There, I mean, they, how many times have we all quit? We need a counter for that. <laughs> yeah. I know we really do. Quit and counter. Speaking of the Passel family, Vinny from New Zealand, we will get you a shirt, buddy. We—if you're listening to this podcast in New Zealand, you're gonna get a shirt. We we, Vinny, we promise you that. Vinny, we talked about this before the show, and I, I dropped the ball on that one, if I'm being honest here. I mean, you I know, don't... We're going to give you two shirts, so be prepared. <laughs> oh, let's not get carried away. Let's no, we're giving him two away. shirts, man. Come on. We'll talk to him. We'll talk to you, Vinny. You got a DM coming your way. Yes, we apologize for ghosting you, basically, but... Yeah. It's I, been I some know. weeks. I was about to say, I don't know what New Zealand people say for that. G'day or something? <laughs> I think for those a, of you who do Canadian. not have a shirt... Oh, fair enough. He is Canadian. You're right. He just lives in New Zealand right now. So he says A. <laughs> so, I mean, good day is not bad. That's close. Oh, that's, that's fair. Okay, boys. Well, we are going to get right into the content this week because that's what the people are here for. And we are talking tiers of players. So we're going to do running backs and wide receivers today. So the way that we're going to do this, we're not going to name every player, in, but we just selected, hand-selected a few people in each one of these tiers that are going to help you either win a league or maybe second guess the players. So the tiers are as follows. Tier one is going to be the surefire player. Like if you put this person on your team, you are for sure going to be okay. The tier two is a solid player. It's a player that you believe in, you know, 85 to 90% of the way. There may be a little doubt, but not much. You still think solid season. Tier three is the gambles. These are 50-50 players, players that you either think are going to you know, be really good or they could just completely not do anything and you're going to be out midway through the season. Tier four is going to be handcuff on the RB side and sleepers on the wide receiver side. So in tier four, we're just going to give you a couple of people that you need to be on the lookout for. If you're a running back person, a handcuff, wide receiver, it's a sleeper that maybe is going really low right now that is, should be on your radar. 
And then tier five, boys, and that's desperation. This is uh, where you get to basically just throw caution into the wind. And if you're desperate and you've kind of just kicked the can down the road through your draft and you're needing somebody late and you just need to throw a dart at a board, these are the darts on that board. So with that being said, let's start with tier one on the wide receiver side. Surefire wide receiver number one, Joe, I'll let you kick us off. I'm glad you let me kick us off here because my guy's Justin Jefferson. He is my sure thing. His current ADP is number two wide receiver and number six overall. Guys, if you took JJ first, I wouldn't fault you. He is going to have his best season so far, hands down. Kevin O'Connell brings the misdirections and matchups of the Rams offense to Minneapolis and best believe he's going to get Justin Jefferson in the slot. Cooper Cup move over. There's a new wide receiver one in town. Sure thing. Get him. Okay, fair enough. I I mean, Justin Jefferson's been the wide receiver one for many people this season. I, I don't think that anybody should doubt that. He's been pretty much the consensus guy, and I think we're, we're going to see – a solidification of the best wide receiver in the league this season. No, um, I have to disagree with it, but it, I can't disagree with it until I bring up my point. So I'm going to go ahead and do that if that's okay. And I don't disagree with that. He's a surefire. He is a surefire. But to bring up the number one, we got to bring up my man, Jamar Chase. Um, I think all of us realized we were wrong about him uh, after you know this time last year. We were all talking about how he didn't know how to read a NFL football. Um, but I, I, I feel like no one was more wrong than I was. I didn't believe in it. I thought that it was a dumb move. They should have drafted Penny Sewell. Um, and, and right now there's a lot of people saying that he doesn't deserve the number one wide receiver slot, not for the argument that Jefferson deserves it, but for some reason people are like, ah, Jamar Chase, he just did it that one year. Um, uh, but <laughs> what he did in his rookie year was ridiculously impressive. And honestly is more impressive than literally anyone other than Bill Groman in 1960. Fun fact. <laughs> Uh, and he did it on a team that had a top five running back and two other top 20 wide receivers. Chase is as surefire as you go. And personally, arguably the third pick off the board for me. And if you wanted to take Jefferson over Christian McCaffrey, I can understand that. But uh, what Jamar Chase did last year was unreal. And I don't I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, Chase, I mean, he was a freak in college. I mean, we all saw what he did there. It's just to have that translate to the NFL level is just it's crazy to see it actually play out that way. Absolutely impressive. But I still think again, Jefferson's better. But okay, Chase, once again, Chase I don't have it. I don't have it, anything against Jefferson. I think both of those guys can be interchangeable and drafted interchangeably. But you were like, surefire, he's the number one. Like blah blah blah. I he's very surefire. And honestly, if you take him number one overall, I would not fault you. You could even make the case for Chase. So any of these guys, we love them. Billy, That's who you true. got? All right. Well, the one I went to is not, I wouldn't say he's at the same level as Chase or Jefferson, but I think he's slightly below that. And that is CD lamb for the Cowboys. Um, we saw what Amari Cooper and CD lamb looked like as a duo last season. It was a lot of a split uh, kind of, you know, the stats were split up quite a bit. Some games were CD lamb games. Some games were Cooper games, but I think this season, is going to be a completely different situation because Lamb is the only receiver on that team that we completely trust. I mean, you can throw out there Gallup, who's coming back from injury, or Tolbert, or Joe's guy, Simi Fajokos. Simi! 
with some camp uh, news. You can throw out all those, all that that you want, but CD Lamb is the number one option on this team. Dak Prescott is actually healthy this year, as he was not as fully healthy last year. And for that reason, I think CD Lamb is not only going to return, I think he's going to be a surefire uh, bet to have on your team this season. You're, you're going to see this this target total and reception total and yardage total and touchdown total all creep up. That's the thing. And the fact that he was wide receiver number 13 last year on a team that was decent, I wouldn't say mediocre, but they weren't great. Um, and they had other options. They don't have options anymore. It's CD Lamb. This is a this is an AJ Brown situation. He's going to get all the work. Uh, very excited about him. Like it's hard for me to put him in the Jamar Chase Jefferson category, but we all obviously took the assignment differently. So, yeah, but CD Lamb, surefire, surefire. get him on your team. He is he's as surefire as you can get in the lower rung of wide receiver ones there. So we love it. You yeah, want to move I mean, on to those solid guys? Let's get to the solid guys. I'll I'll go first on this one. And my solid guy is T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals. So T. Higgins, while most people, you know, have Jamar Chase propped up as a flashy number one guy on their team, a solid pick is still T. Higgins because people still forget about him despite how many flashes and splashes that we can give you about t higgins is is not as good as chase but just under that it doesn't matter how many times we say it people still forget i mean he finished as a top 20 wide receiver last year i think that he could easily either do that again or even possibly raise the bar a little bit if he gets any more target share that is could be coming his way so i think t higgins is as solid as they come and exactly the kind of guy that you're going to take in the third or fourth round and he's going to pay off for you. I, I 100% agree. I've been a fan of, I think we've all been a fan of T Higgins since he started and Jamar Chase did take the reins last year, obviously, but T Higgins, what he did was not like not laughable. Like he still consistent, got better from last year. If anything, Jamar Chase actually helped him be more of a consistent receiver. So T Higgins I, actually had a higher target share than Jamar Chase last year, which mm-hmm. is, just blows my mind Crazy to think after about. how effective both of those guys were. So oh, it's because Jamar Chase only needed one catch for 80 yards. Yeah, it's true. It was burning. Absolutely burning. So I'm gonna go with mine. We got Darnell Mooney. He's my solid guy. Homer alert guys. I want to hear it on this one, but not really. But during this slime-tastic season the Bears had last year, Mooney still put up 140 targets and hit 1,000 receiving yards. This year, we're looking at a guy with zero competition, none, and much better play calling. Luke Getzey comes over from the Packers. Uh, he should be doing those rollouts, get him open, uh, that sort of thing. So Mooney is going at wide receiver 26 right now and 69 overall. <laughs> nice. Uh, my guy finished his wide receiver 22 last year. And he has been lighting it up in camp this far. He really looks primed to take the jump into the top 15 territory. He was number one in broken tackles at the wide receiver position last year and sixth overall in separation. And he's going in the sixth round. Gimme, 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 gimme. I love it. You know I'm a proponent for uh, Mooney because I literally traded Cooper Cup for him. Um, the little extras that turn into Calvin Ridley, which is a sad, sad, sad move, but... We did it, and that's what matters. Um, no, I love Mooney this year. Um, I think just even before all the crazy offseason stuff that happened where they basically just like gutted their whole roster, 
continue to question mark with Roquan Smith. Um, <laughs> I just, I know that Mooney's the future here and there is going to be someone else that's added in the future years. But as of right now, Mooney's the only guy he's going to have to do something. Yeah. Justin Fields needs a target. And although Cole Komet is coming on, I think that, you know, until further notice Mooney to the moon. I mean, that that's what we're going to be talking about this entire season. Moon man to the moon. So speaking of homers, let's talk about my solid wide receiver this year. And that's AJ Brown. And I'm not, I'm not falling into the camp news and I'm not just preaching about the Eagles for once. This is actually just a solid wide receiver. We've all known this. We've seen what he's done in the past. Um, So there's already reports coming out. And yes, I'm going to get into some camp news because I see a lot of Eagles camp news. There's already reports that hurts us throwing to AJ Brown a lot. Uh, and I'm sure this is in part a little bit to Devonte Smith not practicing at the moment. There's also actually surprisingly been news about Rager doing well, which we'll see. Uh, but That's also, camp right, news at its finest. Trade camp, news. that is camp news or camp trade, trade news. news, camp trade news. But anyway, they got AJ Brown for a reason. I'm not sure exactly what his exact role is going to be, but I do know that they're practicing this quick slant over and over again in practice. Devonte Smith had 900 yards in his rookie season, and he was essentially the only receiver on the team. So. I'm imagining that both these guys are running, going to be running around and AJ Brown is about 50 pounds heavier than Smith. He's a no brainer. Um, I actually didn't like, I thought that him being on the Eagles would drop his draft stock, but the Eagles stock has been rising. So he's like wide receiver 12 ish right now, which is fine. I think it's a little high, but I think you're not upset about AJ Brown being on your team, especially seeing what he's done the last three years. He's a top 10 wide receiver and he has the potential to break out if Hertz actually is the dude. So I like AJ Brown a lot this year. He's good. Uh, the only concern is they continue that ground and pound nonsense because your guys' line is so good. So if that continues, it probably takes a little bit away from AJ Brown. But otherwise, the talent's there, the opportunity's there. So I really so like him. I think that's what's so impressive about the slant because that's basically part of the ground and pound game. And yeah. that's why I, I had seen that it was like one one day in camp, they literally just threw the slant to AJ Brown like a hundred times, was what they said. So I'm, a- I'm AJ Brown's a good receiver, and I think that they got him to be the one on that team. Devontae Smith needs this if he's going to develop and continue to get better. And the fact that he's going to have AJ Brown ahead of him to, you know, kind of shoulder the main workload, I think this is only going to mean good things for Hertz. I think this is only going to mean good things for Miles Sanders in the running game. I mean, just having a, a field stretcher of AJ Brown's caliber. I mean, you had Devontae Smith already, but now with these two guys out there roaming the field, it's going to be tough for the Eagles. I mean, there's no excuse for Hertz this year, unfortunately. No, there really isn't. But the great thing about this is, and I'll stop talking about the Eagles eventually, but the great thing about this is we do have two first round picks next year. So if it isn't Hertz, we can figure out a way to get the guy who is. It's a good point. All right, let's get on to number three. These are the gambles. Josh, do you want to start with your gamble? I could talk about my gamble. Um, So my gamble personally is going to be Elijah Moore. So I don't want to get too into this because I know there are some Elijah Moore fans around this place, but he's a beast. We all know that, but he is a gamble for two reasons. They drafted arguably the best wide receiver in the draft in Garrett Wilson. And number two, they are the Jets. Uh, And this is nothing against this team, as it should be pretty interesting to watch this year. Uh, It is still the Jets, and I'm not excited just yet. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson, although there has been some interesting reports about him coming out. 
Um, the largest argument really against more though, is that there's too many mouths to feed. Uh, I'm not saying do not draft him by any means, uh, but he's on a team that has been historically bad for many years and they now have a plethora of weapons. I'm just saying personally temper expectations here. Uh, I think there's a great chance. He did have a few good games last year, but there may be a new sheriff in town and he, I'm not saying he wasn't impressive, but if you look at his stats, obviously he missed some games, but we had 500 yards and five touchdowns. I'm just, I know that there were some good games in there, but I just can't get carried away with Elijah Moore right now. Yeah. Some point. of those were with uh, Mickey Blanco as well, if I'm being honest. I, yeah. I do get nervous about the Jets offense because it's, it's one of those offenses that just seems too good to be true. I hearken back to the Browns days when, we looked at the Browns roster and we thought, well, there is a surefire. Everybody on the team is going to be good and everybody's going to be usable and bankable. And then it kind of just all collapsed. And yes, it is partially because of Baker Mayfield that that collapsed. But I just get nervous that this offense might look similar to that, at least here at the beginning, because it's just sometimes it's, it's too good to be true. And the, the Jets feel that way right now because the talent level does seem to be really good. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, and you're already seeing bad reports. They lost Mackay Becton. We don't know what that line's going to look like. I mean, Zach Wilson should take the next step here, but the competition that Garrett Wilson provides is something that we haven't seen before, and I am way less fired up about Elijah Moore than I was. Yep. This time, that's, going that's into this. The, the Cougar Hunter um, will be behind. I was trying to not touch on it, but, man, the reports and memes are just phenomenal. Did you see the Joe Flacco thing? Oh, legend. That Salah said he should be a starter in the league. No, 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 no. There was oh. a, uh, there was a meme about uh, uh, Zach Wilson saying it was dangerous for Joe Joe Flacco wanting my job when his wife is all of thirty seven or something like that. Oh no, <laughs> it's true. It's I'm pretty true. sure it was a meme. I don't know if it was actually real, but if it wasn't, that's he's he's the goat for that. He's like yeah. uh, the the frat boy version of Gardner Minshew. Yep. Frat boy version of Gardner Minshew. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah, that seems right. Figure out how to put that on a shirt, Josh. Let's get it up. There. I, it seems like a lot of words. I we'll would love, out. would love to see that on a shirt. When you like right. Stifler's mom and Zach Wilson together at the same time, that'd be dope. that's you know that's a good point. I think if you yeah, I think that would that would be perfect, um, for sure. Okay, well my gamble is Amari Cooper, and honestly, it's kind of I in my opinion obvious why he is such a gamble. He's going you know, as like wide receiver, I think 34 right now, an underdog. And he's playing with Jacoby Brissett for an entire year. It's looking like it's looking like uh, he's going to play with Jacoby Brissett for an entire year. Uh, the last time that we saw Jacoby Brissett play with the Dolphins, he looked awful with the Colts. He looked even worse. And then when he was with the Patriots, I guess he was okay. But I, I just, I've never been, I've never seen Jacoby Brissett be good at quarterback. And I just, have a hard time believing that Amari Cooper as the literal only wide receiver target out there is going to elevate this offense and make his value worth what you're going to want on his, on the team. Now he does have a chance to beat, to hit completely, but I, I just, in my opinion, it's a total gamble having him on your team. Fun if fact. You... Oh, sorry. My bad, Joe. Go ahead. No, man, you got a fun fact. I want to hear it. I like fun facts. So we're just going to, Quickly remind everyone who is also on the team at quarterback, Josh Rosen, on being drafted 10th, there were nine mistakes ahead of me. So maybe this is the time he shows that those nine mistakes <laughs> are still mistakes. Uh, but Josh Allen's still ahead of him, so I don't think that one's going to be. That's going to be a tough one. 
That's gonna be a tough, tough one, one to make, call. Tough one to make a mistake. Yeah, Amari Cooper. If you're drafting right now, it's you almost have to just completely take him off your draft list on there. I mean, he's an absolute gamble in the fact that if you do draft him and somehow Watson ends up playing, I love that connection together. And if you're in Dynasty, it's a great buy low opportunity going yeah. into next year for when Watson will be back because if he plays with Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper could easily have his best season yet, and that would be really cool to see. But – I we're probably not going to see that as of right now. So I wouldn't even be touching. I, I personally don't think the gambles that, I mean, it is a gamble. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying he's going to 67 overall right now where he's being drafted. And most likely if none of nothing's resolved by then, he's going to be that guy who slips past Jerry, Judy, Darnell Mooney, Bateman. I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't draft him before any of those players. But like, if you start getting into the later, like seventh, eighth round, like, I'd think about it. Although there's still some pretty good steals there. So never I mind. Think, no, yeah, I wouldn't. It would have to be the ninth or the 10th round for me. It would be, it's a complete gamble. I mean, I know he has the wide receiver one on that team and you know, the old, somebody's got to catch balls thing. But it's just, I found sleepers. I wouldn't draft him. It's over. It's yeah. just, I'm letting someone else take Amari Cooper. Completely. Exactly. It's, it's not going to be my headache this year. And that is just unfortunate because with Watson, I think we would have had, you know, a potential, we could have had him uh, on the solid category maybe, but, in my opinion, it's just a gamble with Percet. Well, even healthy Amari Cooper with a good quarterback is still inconsistent. So, yeah, no, not taking him with Jacoby Brissett or Josh Rosen. No, absolutely. So, Hi, Joe, what you got, man? Let me see. I got Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers. I think you're all familiar with him. He's currently going mm-hmm. as wide receiver 39 and overall 96. Now, what do we make of Brandon Ayuk? He uh, looked to be the number two rookie two years ago, and then he goes in the doghouse. Then he gets out of the doghouse and finishes strong, then gets back in the doghouse for punching Fred Warner, then is the darling of camp and apparently (laughs) has amazing rapport with Trey Lance. So I don't know what you make with this guy right now. The 49ers offense under Trey Lance should allow for a lot more deep passing, which he did really well at Arizona State. Um, Two of his biggest yardage games last year came with Trey Lance under center. So He was 15th in expected points among wide receivers last year, so he could absolutely explode this year, or he could end up back into the doghouse. Um, Where he's going right now, it's it's a hell of a gamble to make. I would, I'm definitely making that gamble currently uh, because of the fact that he could absolutely explode. Having Debo on the back on the team, you know, he wasn't going to be on the team. Now he's back on the team. Definitely takes a little bit (laughs) away from him, but I think Aik and Lance could make a hell of a combo this year. So. I'm a huge fan of Brandon Ayuk right now. Now, my argument against Ayuk, and maybe this is why it's a great reason that he's in a gamble, is that we don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance. And I'm tired of everyone assuming that he's going to do what Jalen Hurts did last year. Everyone's just like, oh, he'll do what Jalen Hurts did last year. No problem. He'll have run, he'll run really well, and then whatever he does in, in, the, in the passing game, he'll be fine. He might be terrible. He might be Jamarcus Russell. Like, I, I mean, we have not seen him yet. His games that he has played have been okay at best. I, I, I'm, that's my biggest fear, and that's why I'm off on Debo Samuel, really, personally. Uh, Ayuk has had, actually, it's surprising to see he was pretty consistent last year from his rookie year after, you know, being in the doghouse for the first, like, six weeks of the year. So he did come back in a big way, and he did have a connection with Trey Lance, but I don't know how much we're... I'm not sold on Trey Lance yet. I, I, I'm not trying to make this about quarterbacks. We can get into that some other time. Well, okay. So I get the only path that I can't follow you down with the Trey Lance thing is Kyle Shanahan's there. And like, it's kind of like the adult in the room. I actually trust the adult in the room. 
The Eagles, I'm sorry, Josh, last year I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure I trusted them with Jalen Hurts, and it just happened to work out that Jalen Hurts was, you know, good. And with this one, I'm not sure about Trey Lance, just like you, but I do believe with Kyle Shanahan there that he's just going to force him to be, be like at least as good as Jimmy G. And for that reason, I think that he could be, you know, where this falls with Ayuk, I don't know because Debo Samuel is there and he's getting paid a lot of money to be heavily involved in the offense. So what does that open up for Ayuk? I don't know. Um, um, we thought, we thought last year. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, man. Go on. No, I, no, I, I just finished. I'm point. glad I, you I, brought up Garoppolo there yeah. because I mean, the biggest thing holding this offense back was the fact that Jimmy G averaged 7.4 yards per throw last year, mm-hmm. where Trey Lance and his limited action was at 11 yards per throw on that one so it's not a huge gain but if you add that up over time that's a lot more yardage that's available to these wide receivers so that's true and i got i, I got lance will be fine i got a quick time out this i'm not trying to make this about trey lance because I, I will but okay, his <laughs> average his average was less or higher because he didn't jimmy garoppolo threw more yeah but jimmy trey garoppolo ran also the ball. did not have a good deep ball that's one thing that trey lance has shown that he can do has he throw the ball deep has yeah, he? He did well, it quite in well li- in college. In limited time, we we have not. But again, this is this is where like Kyle Shane Kyle Shanahan made Matt Ryan an MVP. Like these kind of things, he is just good with quarterbacks. So he was able to make you know a diamond out of Jimmy G, and he's gonna. I mean, not fantasy wise, but in the actual football league, he was. And Trey Lance, he's gonna mold that really raw talent into something. I don't know what that's gonna be just yet, but I don't think it's gonna be bad. All right. Well, we all agree on Ayuk. Let's get off Trey Lance. This isn't about quarterbacks. We'll get into <laughs> that some other time because this isn't is about not Trey topic. Lance at all. But yeah, we definitely will, especially as we get closer to the season and we start seeing Trey Lance go as high as he's, I don't know, projected to go. I guess we'll we'll see more and more. All right. Well, let's move on to tier four. These are sleepers. These are people that you can get somewhat late. I would say I wouldn't even say necessarily that they have to be like super late, but somebody that like maybe it's flying under the radar right now that could end up being someone much higher by the end of the season. Joe, you want to kick us off on that one? Yeah. So my league winner slash sleeper right here, Jahan Dotson. Um, Everyone you listen to that talks to this guy says he's an absolute stud. If you watch his tape, it is awesome what he was able to do. The poor quarterback play at Penn State really led him to not showing out in his true potential. Dotson is a guy I'm grabbing in the last round or two of my drafts. He's currently going at wide receiver 67 right now. And now we're hearing that Curtis Samuel is struggling. Surprise. And Jahan <laughs> Dotson is uh, shining. So draft him late. Don't drop him and thank me in January. That That's fair enough. I, I do think that he is a sleeper. A lot of people aren't even really considering uh, – the Washington commanders passed Terry McLaurin and when Wentz, I think we did talk about Antonio Gibson last week, but you know, Jahan Dotson got drafted in the first round and it's gotta be for a reason, right? He cannot be just like returning kicks or whatever they might have planned. He's a hell of a football player and Wentz is going to have to throw the ball. So there's a a lot of division, a lot of camp news coming out about Carson Wentz and he's blah, 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 blah. But in reality, he has two receivers at least. And Deami Brown was not that guy last year. I'm sorry. We all wanted him to be. He was not. 
Dotson is Still probably going. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's done. I'm just saying they drafted Dotson for a get reason. Off the train, man. He's gonna come. I, well, here. I'm not getting off the train. I, I mean, I, I dropped. The train. I tried come to make on. the Des Fitzpatrick train. So if you don't think <laughs> I can make a train that's dead, try to go. I, I will try it. Thomas, yeah. the dead tank engine. Yeah, big fan of Dotson and super underrated in rookie drafts, probably still to this day. So keep an eye out on him if you're still up for rookie drafts. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop in my guy next, and then we'll get to Bill. Um, so my sleeper slash kind of like handcuff even is Tyler Boyd, and not to touch on all three of Cincinnati uh, wide receivers, but it's kind of necessary because they're playing with Joe Burrow, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Tyler Boyd, we kind of mentioned this during the Cincinnati preview, is the ultimate wide receiver handcuff currently going at like wide receiver or not wide receiver, but in 120 in the 12th, 13th round wide receiver, 50 something. And I don't get the disrespect. The man has had 800 yards and five, six, seven touchdowns every year of his career. Um, yes. It's not the sexiest pick in the world. I understand that, but you're also getting him around guys like Kenny Galladay, uh, Michael Gallup, who's injured for however many games, Jarvis Landry, who, who knows what's going on with new Orleans. So my opinion is Tyler Boyd is like basically a handcuff as a wide receiver, because if Jamar chase or T Higgins were to go down, he is immediately thrusted into a wide receiver two role at the very least. And the man has proven that he can get it done. And he pretty much does it with consistency every year. So I, I don't know why everyone hates Tyler Boyd, but I got him in a dynasty league very late, very excited about him this year. Tyler Boyd is their tight end. I mean, I'm just going to go out and say that. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, people keep trying to make Hayden that. Hurst happen. I do think there's a good chance for Hayden Hurst, but Tyler Boyd is their tight end and he kills it. It's not going to happen. I, I, I think Tyler Boyd, I've always liked Tyler Boyd and it's just unfortunate for him that he happens to be between behind two of like probably the top 10 receivers talent wise, maybe not fantasy wise, but top 10 talent wise, I, you could argue I, it's just unfortunate for him that he happens to be behind them, but he's still going to get solid work and that makes him viable. All right. My sleeper is another rookie like Joe. I'm picking Drake London from Atlanta. Um, While he is kind of high right now and he is slowly been creeping up. I mean, he started out in like the nineties and eighties. He's he's made it up to the sixties in underdog ADP currently. Um, Drake London's just a freak. I mean, any of I know this is camp news, but all of his camp footage is insane. The guy catches everything that's thrown at him. I think he's going to be a PPR monster this year. And this guy definitely could be, I mean, one rookie wide receiver is going to probably finish really like top 10 and we're not going to see it coming. And I think Drake London's going to be that guy. So getting him in the sixth round right now, or even if you can get him later because people don't like the Falcons, I think this is a great, a great value at the sixth round. Like if you've punted on wide receiver, if you went running back heavy in the first couple of rounds, I think Drake London's going to be that target that you're going to get in the fifth or sixth that you're still going to feel comfortable at the end of the day. Because even though Kyle Pitts is there, I think Drake London's going to be the guy that ends up getting more targets by the end of the season. I, I just, I believe that. Drake London's the perfect guy here uh, for this thing because, you know, we could be talking about him as, you know, a top dynasty play next year easily. Um, he comes up. He's got this size. If you guys have watched this dude's tape, he is just unbelievable. So I'm a big fan of this one. Six four slot receiver. I mean, he's like Cooper Cup. I mean, just that's the the build, uh, the model. Like, it's it's crazy. 
I, I mean, he was my favorite rookie coming out of the draft personally. Um, and honestly, arguably got the best landing spot of the wide receivers. So I agree. I understand that there's not really a quarterback yet there, but it's going to be in the future. And I think this year he'll at least get a thousand yards. I think so. Can't wait. I like it. All right. On the tier five, this is desperation mode. These people, these players are guys that are going to go late and maybe you, you know, just needed somebody that a dart throw, basically. That's, that's what these are. These are dart throws. And uh, for that reason, we're not sure about them. So, Joe, you want to kick us off on dart throws? Yeah. So, my dart throw is Paris Campbell. Um, you got to be really desperate here, but he's absolutely free. I think he's like 224 overall right now in ADP. The storyline of the Colts camp this year has been Matt Ryan and Paris Campbell's connection. Um, apparently they hang out a lot and on the field it is showing. Now we talked about the bre- breakfast club with Stafford and cup. This is more like, uh, you know, 24 hour diner at 3 AM. There's a <laughs> cigarette in your pancakes breakfast club. Um, that's where it's at. It's but still Cam- breakfast though. It's still breakfast, but mm-hmm. uh, Campbell's career, it hasn't been good. He's been injured, but the Colts seem dead set on making him a playmaker on this team. Should be the slot receiver and then bump outside in two wide receiver sets. Uh, Alec Pierce could definitely cut into those targets over time, but Campbell is the ultimate lottery ticket. At the end of your drafts, he could have a pretty solid role for you. He's never really had a full season either, so it's not like it's there's a huge sample size here. Like if you look at his stats right now on the screen, you're not like, oh, wow, that's ridiculous. He's great. Uh, but this is just comes down to what if Alec Pierce isn't ready? What if Kiki Coudier hasn't re- recovered from his injuries? I mean, there's not a whole lot of depth here. Um, I mean, I like the idea of another receiver being able to cr- climb up that board and maybe Paris Campbell's that guy. If there's anyone to make it happen, Matt Ryan can do it. Yeah, I think this this could potentially be finally the breakout year for Paris Campbell, but we'll we'll see. I'm 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 excited to at least see what the Colts have to offer with Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan at the helm. So I can't wait to see what that's going to look like. Um, All right. So on to mine is Wandale Robinson from the Giants. So uh, Kadarius Tony has obviously been flashing at camp. um, But Wandale Robinson, in my opinion, is is doing just as well at camp. He's going to play in the preseason game this week. So I'm going to be kind of honed in a little bit on him to see exactly how they use him. Uh, with him only being 5'8", you're going to have to try to figure out a gadget way of using him. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited to see how they use him. And if they find him a role in that first offense in the first team, um, I think he could end up being a steal by the end of the season. Uh, Dable comes from the Buffalo Bills. They like to get different you know, looks and packages and stuff. So we'll see with behind Daniel Jones exactly what that looks like. But Wondell Robinson being in the slot, I think, could mean a lot of good things for him. They have said that they've pretty much already booked the slot as well, too. So, which is weird. I thought Sterling Shepard would at least have one more year. I think they'd, I thought they'd give him one more chance, but no. Nope. I think he's right now, isn't he? He is. I, well, yeah, duh. I mean, Sterling Sterling Shepard never starts a season healthy. I mean, he has to just get healthy by like week five. Like that's the Sterling Shepard. No, it's funny I feel bad. He's gotten a ton of injuries, and it's really like heartbreaking for a guy. But still, okay. he's not a fraud. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's crazy though, because you know, last year we were really pumping up Rondale Moore, and he profiles very similarly to Rondale Moore, but actually has a role in the offense. Right, right. Out of camp, so I like uh, I like him. 
All right, well, getting into my guy, I and I'm not really good at homework assignments, so I took this as a different kind of desperation. Uh, okay. So my, my desperation is Alan Lazard. Um, and I, I pretty much ranted about him a couple times now. It's, uh, it's I think close. a cu couple podcasts. It, it's, it's right. I mean, you're still desperate. It's still the same concept. I'm just going to take it a different direction. Um, I want to just tell you one more time about Lazard. He might just not be that great. Um, everyone <laughs> has him as Rogers number one guy, and he's going to have such a great year this year and yada, yada, yada. But I don't think there is one great guy on the team this year. He's Rogers is probably not going to have a 1500 yards receiver this year. Uh, and I, as you, if you listened last week, you know that I already have a feeling that the, the running backs are going to be heavily involved in that pass game. Um, and I kind of still have the, the, the feeling they're going to sign a veteran wide receiver in the coming weeks or in the middle of the season when they realize, well, Lazard's just not that great. 500 yards a few times now, um, eight touchdowns last year. I guess that's what everybody's clinging on right now. But, and I understand Devonte Adams was there all those three years, but I just don't, I just don't see it personally. I don't know. You're desperate if you're drafting them right now. I mean, the opportunities there, The he's had some games where he's looked really good. He had the core injury last year that kept him out for a long time. Um, I'm not saying Alan Lazard is good by any means, but being the de facto number one receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense is pretty awesome. I mean, if you're getting him in the 10th round, I mean, that's I'd take him there. So I, the way I would frame your answer is that like he is your dart throw if you did not get a receiver earlier. Like say you went like tight end, running back, running back, and then you got your quarterback and you haven't gotten a wide receiver yet. And then Alan Lazard ends up being the guy that you get as your one receiver. That would which would be your desperation play there. I I agree he could really be good this year, or better chance he's just not. And it ends up being like Romeo Dubs or the running backs, which is what we all think, or Tunyon, one of somebody else. Yeah. So my, my problem is he's going a few picks before London Hopkins, Christian Kirk's a dead trailing Burks. Uh, just getting into some, some Renfro Robert Woods. I just, Tony, there's just so many receivers that I would take over him right now that I'm not, I'm not excited about Lazard. I'm sorry. I just so we're, won't, I won't be. we're kind of in agreement. Just let someone else draft them, right? That's yeah. my problem. That was my yeah. uh, that was my feeling of desperation. Was, I don't want him I to be it. my wide receiver too. Now, if he's a flex, like if he ends up being a flex player for me, maybe I'll be okay taking him Back at up. that spot. Back but, up. Okay. But, well, but he could be the for, one one for the Packers. Could be for how much one. he's getting hyped right now, though. He's going to be. I mean, his oh, he'll be long. He'll be long gone before I feel comfortable. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to yeah, be, be long gone before I'm comfortable. I got a lot of guys in this 80 to 120 range that I am way more excited about. Like I'd take my last draft pick right now over Alan Lazard. All right. Fair enough. Nice. All right. That wraps the wide receiver part portion of this podcast, but we will get to the running backs right after this commercial break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Offensive Points Podcast. Yes, please subscribe. If you are listening on the podcast feed, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We would appreciate that. Any subscriber is good with us. We take any and all. We have tons of videos. We previewed every single NFL team. Guys, that's literally all, all the videos, almost, 
are on there. You can watch all 32 teams and you can get each individual player breakdown, offense, defense, the whole shebang. We even talked kickers in a couple episodes. Go listen to that. Get familiar with the teams for this upcoming season. And that way you will not miss anybody. We talk sleepers, number ones, number twos, the whole thing. And we give our thoughts about each team at the end of the, each uh, preview. So go subscribe to YouTube. We really appreciate that. Back to the show. So All right. Let's running backs. Get it. Let's get into the surefire running backs. And I'm going to start this off because I think I have the most controversial one. I know Billy's going to disagree with me here because we've already had this conversation. But it's Nick Chubb. He is a surefire running back. And what you see is what you get with Nick Chubb. Three straight seasons as a top 10 running back, averaging 10 touchdowns in four straight seasons. And news and rumors are swirling in Cleveland. We'll see what happens with Watson. Uh, but I think that even without Watson, Nick Chubb is going to be heavily involved. Actually, especially without Watson, Nick Chubb will be heavily involved. They are not, this man got paid. He is going to go out there and he is going to play. Uh, not to mention there is rumors with Kareem Hunt requesting a trade. Uh, Chubb's done this four years in a row, including the lost season last year with uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, he's a guaranteed running back one, in my opinion, in standard and in PPR. You're getting the number seven, number eight, number 11, number 12, depending on if you're playing PPR, you're playing standard, you're playing half point. Uh, he's going to be in that top 10 range, and he has the ability with Kareem Hunt or and or Watson being out uh, to be in that top five. And he's just he's not your typical running back you're seeing these days. You're not getting pass catching guys. Uh, you're, you're, he's not the pass catching guy, but without Kareem Hunt there, he's going to have to utilize it. He's done it, as you see in his stats there. Um, Nick Chubb's the guy, man. I don't know why everyone hates him. He's not the sexiest, flashiest pick. I'm not saying reach for him and draft him above all these other guys, but getting him in the second and third round, I think you're getting a sure, sure, surefire top 10 running back right there. Sorry. Can't talk. Joe, I'll let you go first. I have thoughts. I'm right. sure you Yeah, I'll set you up here. I, I've been going really back and forth on Nick Chubb. I I did not like him with the Watson new, What now with the Watson news coming out. I like him. I mean, he's got to be their offense. There's no other way around it. He's he's going to be the offense here. The problem is they could easily just stack the box against him. Is Jacoby Brissett really going to beat these guys with the receiving core that he has? So then you mix in all the running backs, which they seem destined to get involved. I mean, Jerome Ford's getting hyped up in camp. You know, you've got everyone there to kind of work in. If Kareem Hunt gets traded and he's the focal point of this offense completely, then yeah, I can see him going to, or being top five running back at the end of the year. But there's a lot of question marks with Nick Chubb, in my opinion here. I mean, when is there not going to be question marks with him? So he's got a worse quarterback this year. Jacoby Brissett is worse than Baker Mayfield. I know Cleveland fans got in my mention saying that Jacoby's going to be better than Baker. You guys have officially apparently never watched Jacoby Brissett play football because it does not get better with that guy back there. So that's the number one. I, stacking the box, Joe, that's completely what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, two is even if they do trade Kareem Hunt, which they would be foolish to do because they're a running team, Dearness Johnson's right there. I mean, they're going to use him just like they did when Kareem Hunt was hurt. They're just going to put Dearness Johnson in there with Nick Chubb, and it's going to still be a split backfield. The amount of times they took Nick Chubb off the field in critical spots on the field, that's including when they were inside the, the red zone, well, even back further, like the 30-yard line and up, they just took Nick Chubb out. That shit concerns me. And I, I just 
I can never trust Nick Chubb. I, he will not be the person I draft as my surefire one person on my team, but somebody else will. And that's I didn't know, say he's my disagreement. The one I said that he's surefire. Well, oh, one in his oh, your solid category. Your one. No, nope, there's yeah. no solid. He's a surefire. He's going to do he exactly solid, what he's be more on board with. This. He's going to do exactly what he's done the last four years. Solid he's surefire. Player. Solid player. All right. All right. Well, no, time. Get... no, 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 no. Hold on. We haven't done a fireball bet since last week. So um, okay. where would you say Nick Chubb ranks as running back? What at the end of the year? 13. Ten. So you just confirmed my argument that he's running back one. I said 13. He's a Joe solid player. 13. When I say he's sure fired, no. Was he a solid player? Sure. Solid player is number 10. Okay. Um, I, I got Fair nothing enough. for you guys. No <laughs> fireball bet? I was about to say, I'll you're going to take, take it because that, Joe said it? I'll take, take the over, I'll take the over on 10 just for fun. Okay. I'll take yeah, you on that one. Yeah, I don't know why you're down, Bill. Got her down, Bill. Surefire, as in a running back one. All right, well, I'll get to my actual surefire running back, and that's Derrick Henry. This man's a machine, a monster. He was, I don't know, built in a lab somewhere and just unleashed upon the NFL. Now, I know a lot of people out there are making a whole big deal about the fact that a 27 and older running back has never finished in like the top five or whatever, but. Derrick Henry is not like your typical 27 to 28 year old man. This kid, this guy, he, he, like I said, he's a, he's a cyborg. So barring, you know, mechanical failure, which results in an injury, <laughs> barring that kind of thing, some kind of machinery issue, um, you have to take it to the shop. Barring that Derrick Henry is going to finish as the wider or the running back one overall. He was well, well ahead of Jonathan Taylor last season before he got hurt and still remained one after he got hurt for another like four weeks. So I, I'm not like, I don't see why anybody would fade Derrick Henry. I'd still think that is a foolish thing to do. It's kind of like when people started fading Adrian Peterson, I think Derrick Henry is, is just built different. And for that reason, sure fire, fire him up in that top couple spots. I love it. I absolutely love it. Did you see that video of him just smacking that helmet into the ground and breaking mm-hmm. it? That yeah, was that's... God forbid that's someone's head, man. He is, <laughs> he is a good. monster. Yeah, just dishing out concussions. But I love Derrick Henry. He's he's always disrespected. I mean, he's going. Well, he's going in PPR RB four right now. That's stupid. I, you can make an argument with him at one easily. It's those people, easily. the running the running backs who aren't pass catchers nowadays just are overlooked in PPR because they're like, well, he doesn't catch that many balls. And it's like, yeah, but he still runs for 160 yards and three touchdowns. And I think that's exactly. enough points for you. I was about to say that 160 is an average because sometimes he'll just go for like 220 and single-handedly win you a week. Derrick Henry, Henry gets that Marshawn Lynch treatment where uh, you know he always goes – later than he should but he always produces higher than people think he will so draft him so i got joe mixon that's my sure thing i got a question for you guys have you Mm -hmm. ever seen a running back having finished top three at his position go lower than he was the year prior coming off of an injury plague season I have it, and it's disrespectful, Joe. It's ridiculous. That's exactly what's happening with Mixon right now. Where was he being drafted last year? He was 
a hell of a lot higher than he was now. I think he was at eight last year. And or what was he going? Six or six to eight. Something like that. I don't think so. I think he was he was right about the twenty line and he's like at running back eight right now. So I don't I did the research before this podcast. I did not jot it down, but that is exactly what is happening to Mixon. The line is improved this year. The receivers are going to stretch the defenses out even more, and there is not anything standing in his way for touches. He averaged 18 points per game in 2021, and he he does face some legit run defenses this year, but that doesn't worry me. Get Mixon. He's my sure thing. Stop disrespecting him. Good job, Joe. That's exactly what I think. I don't have a solid argument for Mixon, but I don't – I don't think he's going to get those touchdowns again. And I think that's going to hurt him. I don't think he's finishes running back three or four again. I think he's back in that. I think he's drafted right where he needs to be running back eight. Well, okay, I, so we love everything Cincinnati, but we don't love the running back. That's going to be on the goal. I, line I love the running back constantly. too, because he doesn't have any competition for touches in that, in that backfield. You could argue that the passing game will take a lot, but when they get the lead, they're not going to keep passing. Sometimes they do. And, and want to kill the Baltimore Ravens spirit. I we're see just, you bringing Chris. We're just not going to talk about Captain America, who's oh, had a, who's going to be a phenomenal. News. He actually is, it is the first thing. It was still behind P Ryan. So yeah, in <laughs> P Ryan is irrelevant too. No, Joe Mixon's that guy. As, as long as he can stay away from injury, he's fine. I know a lot of people are even saying, "Well, it was a fluky year with injuries. That's why he finished that high." Well, there's fluky stuff that happens every year. But he did do the work to get to number three. That wasn't like he just fluked his way into getting the stats. Like he was a solid player last year. The Bengals were a great offense and they will continue to be. Their O line even got better. So, I mean, if you want to think about that helping him out, I like it. Sure fire, Joe. Sure fire. Love that for you, man. Really <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the solid running backs. Um, I'll, I'll take mine first because. Maybe you all will disagree with this, but I picked James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I'll start out by saying, yes, the touchdown regression will most likely come for him because it's impossible to duplicate what he did um, in the end zone last season. That, it, was a, it, it was bizarre. We could not actually fathom how it was happening, but it, it continued to happen and ended up just being how he was. So I still think he is going to be heavily involved with the offense. I'm not really scared of the players that are behind him. I've, I've heard a lot of camp news about, you know, Benjamin, uh, Daryl Williams is there who might get a couple of touches. Um, I, I get that, but I'm not worried at all. I think Kyler and James Connor are just trustworthy guys and guys. Kyler doesn't want to run into the end zone. So he gives it to James Connor when they get down there. It's, it used to be Kyler sneaking out those, those runs every now and then, but he doesn't really trust himself to do that anymore. So James Conner workload, I don't, I don't think it's going to fall off that much. See, I like his ADP a lot, but I also like the guys that are going like right before him. So I just, unless he slips past his ADP, I just don't see myself going, Oh, I really want to get me James Conner. That yards per carry hurts me. I understand that he had 18 touchdowns last year. That's phenomenal. But like, it's not going to happen again. Like you said, there's going to be touchdown regression here. I, I think he's solid. I think you're going to, you know what you're getting out of him. I think you're getting like that 10 points a game kind of thing, but I just don't see it to where I'm super excited about James Conner, but that's why this is solid and not excited. Exactly. He's not surefire. He, he, he can't be because he cannot get 18 touchdowns again. It's not going to happen. Just if James Conner is my RB two, I'm happy. If he's my RB one, I am panicking like mad that's that's a problem it might you know i don't think it's i don't think it's quite gamble-esque but he's still there's a little little 
concerned with the Cardinals this year. I, I don't know. They just feel like a, a train wreck that's about to happen kind of thing. And all the camp news we're getting right now is all about Eno Benjamin. It is about Eno Benjamin. Yeah, it is. It is weird. The I don't most believe... unathletic running back in the league. Wow, Joe, you're Maybe he'll steal the touchdowns. You are on one tonight with these savage remarks. Jesus. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's let's, let's get off. The, let's, let's get off the Cardinals. We'll talk about them again probably eventually. Not today, but eventually. Uh, so I had for a solid running back. Once again, I maybe took this assignment in a little different way. Nick Chubb <laughs> is my guy. Uh, no, I went with Saquon Barkley. Uh, and I think no matter what you say about Saquon Barkley, he's still a beast. Uh, do I think the Giants are getting better? Hopefully. I mean, they can't get any worse. Um, and obviously, we know that Saquon wasn't 100% last year, but neither was anyone else. So I think Saquon easily makes it in that solid category. Uh, if not a little undervalued, uh, he may never be the the rb1 again but if this team is even somewhat competitive this year he can easily be an rb1 and he has the upside to be a top five so just on talent alone i know you had a couple injury plagued seasons well really the one and then this last year was just not recovered correctly uh but i think he has a way to kind of regather that that form that he used to have fireball bet saquon barkley finishes higher than nick chubb fireball bet that nick chubb hires finishes higher than Saquon? Yep, that would be the bet on your side. I'm betting Saquon finishes higher than Nick Chubb. I just said he could finish as a top five running back. I said both of them could finish as top five running backs. Why would I take that bet? Okay, so this one is surefire two then, basically? Surefire number two. I said he's solid. I said he could finish as top five. You just combined the two of them Mm. in like a solid surefire guy. This is fishy. Nick I Chubb, just, you think I, could finish eight, and this guy, you think finished five, but yet you you think. But I think that's not sure. I, I think my main thing surefire. is here: Saquon is solid and is going to be back to at least a decent form. I don't think he's ever going to recapture that running back form he had in his rookie season. All right, I think he does. I think he does. I think Saquon so has been absolutely screwed the last two years, I, more than any other player in the league. I think Saquon is a real deal. He can do everything. The team under Dable should be Dable. Jesus, Dable should be better. So I like that. All right, whatever. Uh, Billy, I'll take your fireball bet just for fun. Sorry, I distracted. <laughs> there we go. I like seeing that. All right, Joe. All right, Devin Singletary is my solid guy. Uh, I think the Bills last year finally realized what they have in Singletary. He was RB three the last six weeks of the season last year in a PPR, and they also used him a lot in the playoffs. So Ken Dorsey. Uh, gets the promotion he's been with the bills for a while and has seen what Devin Singletary can do James Cook will definitely get touches this year but an ADP of 75 for Singletary he's being very overlooked and could be a very solid RB2 RB3 for your team yeah don't have a problem with that I'm not excited about Singletary but his draft stock is just so low right now you can't be excited about him but you're right it's just where he's going right now come on See, we went a lot different on these solids. I stayed in the top 20 and you went down to the 80s. So, yep. I like the harder stuff. Yeah. I like it. I, just <laughs> after what I did for Singletary last week when we talked about him, I just I feel like yeah, I have to say solid. It's just whatever. I just can't. All right. Let's get on to tier three. And these are the gambles. Um, I'll start off and I'll talk about Mr. Josh Jacobs uh, as my first one. So, Ooh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, not thinking as as clearly as I was about Josh Jacobs. I thought 
okay, well, they have a running back on an expiring contract. They're going to run him into the ground. Well, after seeing him play in the Hall of Fame game, I now think they maybe don't care um, as much as I thought they would. I think they might just run all of the running backs that are on the team. I think Zamir White could be a guy that we see this year. Kenyon Drake, if he's healthy, will you know be out there. And I think Josh Jacobs will too. Josh McDaniels has never really featured a running back in any of his systems. But at the same time, I thought because they had Josh Jacobs there that they would just use up the rest of his contract. But it, I don't think they're going to do that now. And I'm, I'm a little concerned uh, about where he, yeah, where I had him getting, getting drafted. And so that reason I'm making him a gamble. Yeah. None of this makes any sense with Josh Jacobs. I don't, I'm not saying that Josh Jacobs was a great running back by any means, but as you see in his standard PPR or anyway, like he was a running back two at the very least, if not a running back one, I don't understand why people, I don't understand why the Raiders are done with him. I don't understand why they're using him in a preseason game. And I don't understand why everyone hates Josh Jacobs all of a sudden and why he's on the trade block. There's, there's so much that doesn't make sense. So I get why he's a gamble at this point. Originally I was thinking he was a great sleeper. Yeah. I was all on board with that too. Now here's Same. a fun one. Uh, right before the show, Damian Harris apparently could possibly be traded. Could we be seeing uh, Josh Jacobs on the Patriots here? That would be, be a hell of a move for them. Belichick thing to do. Yeah, that would be. It really would be. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't understand why we're done with Josh Jacobs in general. Like I, I've never been a huge Josh Jacobs supporter, but like I don't think he should be kicked to the curb like he's been with the Raiders, especially since they're just finally building a team. It seems like it just shows you where the running back position is right now. And, really, it really does. You know. So what gamble. have you done for me lately, for sure? What have you done for me lately? Um, well, I'm going to get into my uh, gamble here, and my gamble is Rashad Penny. And I know Joe's going to agree here because I know I know he's not a big fan. Uh, but honestly, my biggest thing about Rashad Penny is he's on Seattle. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a running back with an injury history who, who has never played a full season on arguably the worst team in the NFL. Uh, he has one of the best rookie running backs coming in behind him. Uh, no camp news can convince me that Penny is the guy. I'm just not sold on really anyone from this team, much less the running backs. Uh, and I'm, I would even say temper expectations on Kenneth Walker because this team is just going to be a dumpster fire. The only thing I like about either one of these guys is that they're like eight, 10th round guys. Uh, but just a little fun fact here, because I did do a little stat research while I was uh, doing my prep here. Uh, since 2014, no Seattle running back has been higher than running back 15. And that was actually when they feel the real team with russell wilson at the helm so and of course that was chris carson and or no that was uh yeah no chris carson was 2018 my apologies i messed up that stat but just let it go <laughs> uh sorry they hadn't, had a top, they hadn't had a top 10 running back since 2014 and they hadn't had uh running back 15 since 2018 with chris carson my apologies oh it's fine <laughs> you're, you're forgiven man you, you, you bring up for, a good point we forgive you Rashad Penny is the Mike Williams of the running back position. Oh, for the love. That's all I have to say. This is your Ken Walker propaganda speaking through your words here. It is. Um, Rashad Penny is a fine running back. And the thing is, is if you can get um, him at his peak, then you, it's really the injuries that are the problem. But like, I think if you can get him at his peak pow of his powers, you're going to be fine. And I think he's going to hold off Ken Walker for at least one year. I think okay. he's going to have a couple good games, but I'm not like, I just, 
I don't think he's going to have – he's not going to play a full season, mainly. Yeah, Josh, I'm with you there. He's going to have a couple good games. I, I don't see how on this offense you could possibly produce like he was last year, even though that offense still wasn't great last year. But then you have the rookie in there. I mean, they're going to use him. It's not like they drafted him to City. He was the second-best rated running back coming out this year. So, Kenneth Walker is very talented. I just don't see how Rashad Penny can get remotely close to what he did the last five games of last year. I really don't. That's fair enough. He's a gamble. He Josh, you like my gamble, man. He is I, I a think, gamble. I think I might. We got Kenneth Gainwell here. Um, so, first of all, when your head coach wears a T-shirt with your face on it to a press conference, <laughs> that has to be pretty good, right? I mean, I don't know. Um, we have to understand at this point that Philly does not view Miles Sanders as their RB1, unquestionably. In fact, he was running with the twos a couple times last week there in camp. Gainwell is going to be used in passing downs and on the goal line where he was actually very effective last year, and that means fantasy points. So he's the 50th running back off the board right now. He's he's starting to gain some traction with the high-stakes players right now, but he could grab that RB1 slot in Philly, and behind that line, he could actually win some leagues this year. So the risk is certainly there, but I like the opportunity and where you're getting him. He could be your fifth running back, and if he turns out to be the RB1, he could absolutely win that league for you. So I like Kenneth Gainwell a lot this year. So I have to disagree with the hate, hatred towards Miles Sanders. Look how mad he is. There was zero hatred. No, 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 I'm not talking God about damn, you. He's always, not... <laughs> always disagreeing about something here. I'm, I'm not even talking about you. I actually agree with everything you said. I'm just saying I hate the hatred that is coming out about Miles Sanders, about how they don't view him as the number, number one running back. He is the number one running back. They just use a running back by committee. The problem is, is Boston Scott. Get him off the roster. I love him to death, but like for fantasy purposes, he is the Mike Tolbert of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he is going to poach carries, poach catches from both of these guys who deserve to be on the field. Gainwell, I am actually to the moon on. I will probably have him as my like last pick of the draft in every league that I'm in. Um, You're getting him so late. And the fact that number one, if Miles Sanders gets injured, you got the number one running back on the team. And number two, you have a pass catching guy in a system that loves to throw to running backs and loves to like get running backs out of the backfield, do some screens and whatnot. So super excited about game. I just hate the hatred towards Miles Sanders. Yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. I, I was going to talk about point, though. I was going to talk about Gainwell as well at one of my other spots. So I'm glad that he made it here because I think that this could be a monster year for Gainwell. I'm really hoping they get not Boston Scott off the roster, but maybe just, down his workload a little bit maybe just let's stick with the miles sanders getting carries they use him at the goal line it doesn't oh, make any God. sense it doesn't make any sense it doesn't like they can't sense. see him so he's gonna be good <laughs> i just i would love to see uh like a, a compilation of the exact same run 12 times and see who gets in the end zone more between the three of these guys and like just... right well hell even put hurts in there i mean i think that you could say any, i think any of them are better than scott or I, I don't dislike Boston Scott. I want to be clear as an Eagles fan. He's done a lot of good for the team, but just in general fantasy purposes, he kills every running back on the Eagles for no reason. Yeah. To quote the league, you did call him the Mike Tolbert of the Eagles. So you kind of really, hate him. Really the, the Mike Tolbert. That is for this bit of hatred. Okay. We're moving on to tier four. And that is the handcuff tier of this. Kenny Gainwell was going to be my choice for this, but I will, Start out with Mr. Melvin Gordon, the ultimate handcuff for Javante Williams in Denver. Um, I 
I think that you know Melvin Gordon is the guy that you're going to draft on your team. You're not. He's not going to be a flashy pick. He's not hurt, and he's going to put up points. So when you put him in, you, you could even put him in your flex position, and you're still going to get points. Or if there's any problem with Javante at all throughout the season, Melvin Gordon will be sitting right there to take on that uh, RB one workload because that's just what he is. I mean, the only part that people don't like about him is that he's he was he's old and he was hurt but I, I don't think there's any problem and russell wilson knows how to hand the ball off he didn't in that one super bowl mind you but he does know how to hand the ball off every other time in every other crucial situation i'm sorry seahawks fans i didn't mean to sideswipe you there but it happens it hurts their feelings um no i have to agree honestly like i i don't want people to think that like downplay javante williams because i think he is the number one back here but right. man gordon is a great value. And if they even do half of what they did last year with your 900 yards and eight touchdowns with Melvin Gordon, I'm that's a steal in the eighth round, ninth round, mm-hmm. whenever you're getting them. So uh, there is a lot of news coming out. Actually, Melvin Gordon injured his foot today. Um, there, I think they're receiving it or yeah, today. So we'll see what, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, obviously that just gives Javante Williams a little bit more time to practice with Russell Wilson, get a little bit of rapport with him. So Excited to see what happens with Javante Williams. I think a lot of people are like, well, they brought Melvin Gordon back, so he's not the guy anymore, but he is still the guy. They brought Melvin Gordon back because it worked last year, and they don't have a better option. So, I made a lot of trades for Melvin Gordon last year, and it worked out well because, you know, after they drafted Javante, everyone was scared off of him. But No, they, they like did actually, they were a great tandem. Like, I get it for fantasy purposes. It sucked, but, like, they were a great tandem. Like, they were probably one of the best running back tandems in the league, and neither one were really necessarily pass catchers. Absolutely. Truth. Speaking of pass catchers, though, I got Rashad White as my handcuff here. Um, we've all heard of Lenny Donut, and I'm not saying that White is going to steal the RB1 job, but the arrow is definitely pointing sky high for him. Uh, for having a major role on this offense. Uh, Todd Bowles was speaking glowingly about his pass protection prowess, and he's been running with the ones pretty consistently in camp. So this dude scored 16 touchdowns last year at Arizona State and have 1,400 yards. Uh, If Lenny gets hurt, watch out. But even if he doesn't, he still has quite a bit of value. And uh, going at RB54 right now, uh, I like him. I'm going to have him on a lot of teams this year. Honestly, there's no surprise here. Like I knew Richard White would be in this conversation somewhere with you, Joe. So like, and I have no argument against him, especially with the fat Leonard. He's considering Fournette. solid. We had to talk him down. I, he, he said surefire, and we were like, "Hey, listen, he's not a chub." Um, but no, honestly, I completely agree. Like, honestly, Rashad Rashad White might be one of the best handcuffs. And honestly, I don't, I don't think he really falls in the handcuff category. I think he no. Falls but if Fournette were to get hurt, oh, one hundred percent, as Billy would say. <laughs> But um, just in general, I, I think he's not even quite a handcuff. I think, he, if anything, remember that gamble sleeper would be better for this, really, because he's he is the guy, and we will talk about him much more. And he will he may creep up some draft boards depending on camp news. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, getting into my guy, sticking with the uh, the rookie category, my guy's Isaiah Spiller, and this is one guy who I actually think is a handcuff. And I know a, a lot of people are excited about Isaiah Spiller as being the next guy. And the Chargers have done this like three years in a row now where they keep trying to find an RB2 to spill, uh, spell Eckler. But I think they found him. I think this is the guy. And I think he is, unfortunately, this year, no more than a handcuff. Uh, I think he will have some a good role. Uh, and no matter what you say, I think he's 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 there to back up Eckler. 
Um, I, I still think he should be drafted in all, in all clearness. I, I think you absolutely draft Spiller. If he's undrafted, uh, go pick him up after the draft. You're like, oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't pick him up. Go get him. Burn your waiver move on him. That's how important I think he is. Um, so Spiller has the unfortunate duty of backing up literally the most versatile running back in the league. So unfortunately, I just I don't see this being a huge role for him. He may have a couple of good games. He may have a couple of good plays. But I think it's going to be a 10-touch game for him at the max unless Eckler goes down. So that's why I think he's the most important handcuff, in my opinion. Yeah. I like Isaiah Spiller a lot. I will say that here's just my bet. He's going to be on one of the winning Millie Maker teams at some point this year. <laughs> I just envision him putting up two touchdowns, like 100 yards out of nowhere. Um on that one. So I do like Isaiah Spiller a lot. The talent's there, you know, he's not nearly as versatile as Eckler is, but you know, if Eckler were to get hurt, you're looking at a probably top 15 back. Well, there's definitely times that I considered Isaiah Spiller, the top running back coming out of this, this running back class. So like to find himself in this kind of situation is frankly kind of weird. I didn't really expect for this to be the way that it goes. For him, um, I'll say that I think he might end up with maybe 80 touches this season. Maybe. I mean, I, I he obviously isn't going to get the 200 or whatever that Austin Eckler got. I don't think he's going to cut any of that workload, but I think he will kind of uh, add together all of the, the other backup running backs, and he will be the one backup running back there won't be the justin jackson's larry roundtree all those other guys i don't i don't think they're going to be used as much as isaiah spiller will be behind him but yeah he probably won't be usable week to week and he will only be used if austin eckler goes down probably i still think you should draft him just on the off chance that they do try to do more of a split field because eckler is a small guy and you don't want him injured um but Fun fact, uh, Justin Jefferson's gone, so it's just him, Larry Roundtree, and Eckler. <laughs> I didn't see anything. If anyone saw anything, it was Justin Taylor uh, or uh, Justin Jackson. And then Joshua Kelly is obviously still there too, but neither one of them impressed beyond Justin Jackson, which makes no sense that Joshua Kelly and Roundtree are the two left over other than they were drafted after him. So, um, yeah, it's Isaiah Spiller and Eckler all the way, and then if they need a goal line guy and they don't – but they never really seem to have any problem with putting a little guy out there for a goal line carries, so – I don't know. Sure. I'm excited about excited about both of them. But I'm I excited just, for them too. Excited for this offense as well. This offense this is going to be awesome. great. Yeah. Oh, one thousand percent. Ooh, went one thousand that time. New shirt. <laughs> All right, new shirt. Let's, let's get into the tier five desperation running backs. Uh, Josh, I like yours. So can we do yours first? The only person I wasn't ready for, but let's do it. My bad. Um, we can do Joe. Can no, do Joe. no, 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 no. I'm super excited about this one. So let's go ahead and let me just pull I up just, I'm, I'm excited for yours. I have no problem pulling him up. Uh, so my desperation is Clyde Edwards Allaire. Um, even when it appears that Kansas City will be a running back heavy team this year, I still don't believe in CEH. Yes, he missed some games due to injuries. He missed two or three games a year, basically. Uh, but I don't even think that's his biggest problem. I think his biggest problem is the Chiefs are still kicking themselves for not drafting Jonathan Taylor or Swift in 2020. And I don't think anyone's excited about CEH. Uh, I think the good thing about CEH is he's finally being drafted where he should be drafted, i.e. the seventh, eighth round. Uh, but Ronald Jones and McKissick are going to have a role here. Draft him if you want, for sure. But not he, McKissick. You are in McKissick. 
Oh, not McKissick. Sorry. Mc, <laughs> McKin, McKinnon. Isaiah Pacheco. McKinnon. And then Pacheco's <laughs> getting McKinnon. My apologies. Um, but they're both going to have a role. And then this one rookie, Pacheco, I was going to get there, but Joe Joe didn't want to let me get there. I just love the rookies, Josh. You are 100 man, do you? You are 100% in desperation mode if you draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Or you're like, ah, fuck it. He slipped far enough. I'll take him. I'll be that guy. Uh, but if you if you do, you probably have been in a coma the last two years because he's just not that good. And it's not it's nothing against him. He's just not that good. I have such a problem with what the Chiefs did this offseason. They could have had Brees Hall. They could have had – I mean, even if they couldn't got Brees Hall, they could have gotten Isaiah Spiller to be on this team. They could have gotten James Cook to be on this team. But inside, instead, they're going to go into a season where I personally think they're going to run a lot more than people are still giving them credit for. And they've got no running back, really. So, yes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is complete desperation. You're going to take him, and somebody's going to take him high because he's on the Chiefs. And you've got a Chiefs fan. If you live in Missouri like we do, you've got a Chiefs fan in your league, and he's going to grab, or she is going to grab Clyde Edwards-Alaire way earlier than you are, and that is going to suck. But if he does make it. Let them. Exactly. Let somebody else make that mistake. You are not that desperate. No, no you are let not. someone else draft him. All right, now, go. Mine just reeks of desperation. It's it's horrible, but I'm gonna go Trey Sermon, and uh, <laughs> I don't like it. You don't like it, but let's talk about it, okay? The Almighty Trey Sermon did jack shit last year, and all we heard about was how shitty he was doing in practice last offseason. Like it was <laughs> unbelievable. It seems that this year, though, he's got his head a little bit more in the right spot, and he showed up yoked, according to Kyle Shanahan, and is doing all the right things now. So apparently he's out of the doghouse, kind of like Aik was. And pedigree is a real thing in the NFL. So all reports thus far that Mitchell is the RB1, and I do not question that, but we have seen in years past that any 49ers running back at any point can have value. So with Mitchell's injury history and Shanahan's running back usage, we could see Sermon emerge into a real asset in 2022. So like I said, it's absolute desperation, but there could be something here. You're not wrong, but the problem is I think he's buried behind Jeff Wilson and probably even Tyrion Davis Price. Trey Sermon did absolutely nothing last I year. I agree with you, but he, could, he could be RB1. Round. He could be RB1 immediately. Like, that's the other thing about Kyle Shanahan and his hatred for us, for fantasy football in total, the fantasy football gods, which is why their team was sucking at the beginning of last season because they were trying to curse Brandon Ayuk. This could be the exact same thing this year. They could just put him out there and he could be the number one. Who knows? I mean, his one more than 10 carry game was 19 carries for 89 yards. So, I mean, not a bad game, but I don't. Yeah, we, have, I don't we haven't seen we haven't seen the best. There isn't enough. Game. There isn't enough yet. So we'll, I'm we'll... just saying with the, the draft pedigree in the third round, they're they're going <clears> to <throat> use them this year. They have to. I mean, they're not just going to let him sit there and do we hope but... we, we definitely hope it wouldn't be like Kyle Shanahan to just waste draft picks, but he might. Yep. So. Okay, guys, I am going to transport you to a CC's Pizza. Um, for anybody out there that's from a different country, maybe doesn't know what CC's Pizza is, it's a pizza buffet where you walk in, you grab a tray, get a plate, and then you kind of scour over the buffet looking for a piece of pizza. Well, 
my quarter, my running back is Cordell Patterson. So in the CC's pizza, you see the fresh pizzas being prepared behind the counter, but there's still those old pizzas that are kind of still out there hanging out. And you're like kind of questionable whether you should grab them or not. That is Cordell Patterson in a nutshell, because <laughs> Cordell Patterson could be completely the best option that you have this year on Atlanta. He could do exactly what he did last year, end up as a wide or a running back one and just surprise the fantasy world that he could do it at 30 years old, or he could be out by week two and Tyler Algier or Damian Williams could be the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. One of those two things is going to happen. And while you, you know, eventually, you know, you can see that the end of the road is coming for Cordell Patterson, they're going to pick up that pizza and they're going to toss it because it's been out there too long. That could happen to Cordell Patterson at any point this season. So for that reason, you got to be desperate to take Cordell pa- Cordell Patterson, and it, it's just not going to be me. Cordell and Cordell. It's Cordero. Cordero. Cordero, whatever. All right, Cordero real quick. Patterson. I just want to say, looking at these stats, it pisses me the fuck off because I drafted a lot of running backs last year who should have had these stats, and Cordero and Cordell had his stats. So it makes me just so angry. But, like, at the same time, good for him. But, like, where did this come from? Looking at his stats back in the back – the most running yards he's ever had before the season was 230 yards. And that was a one touchdown season. Yeah. It was the most fascinating fantasy it really thing was. I have ever seen in my life. Um, it was. That was nuts. Carried so. Allen's terrible team. Yeah, I hope you and I And I don't, I don't see him doing it again. But at the same time, just going into the season. We didn't see it last year. And at least we have proof of it now. I'm I don't know. That's it is desperation. I'm telling you, it's literally happen. the old pizza sitting on the buffet. You're you're gonna wanna grab a slice because you can't get quite to the new stuff yet, but should you? That's the question. Ironically, he's going before a lot of like rookie running backs that could have opportunities. So it's like exactly. get that old pizza. Exactly. It's desperate to say the least. Well, that was fun. No All right, guys. That. Well, that Good was exercise. our tears. I think it was a great exercise and we didn't get to every player and we'll for sure touch on them as this rest of this off season goes on. Drafts are effectively going to start. I think this weekend, I mean, the, this fantasy football expo, in my opinion, kind of kicks off the fantasy football drafting season. Ours and has been there fairly before. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's about that time. I've Can already had get a draft, their schedules so. cleared. Excited. I, wow, Joe, that's way, this may be way too early. I don't know. I'm nuts. I, I don't know. No. I don't, don't be that don't guy, Bill. Don't I don't know again. if I, I don't know, man. We've done one in July before I have, and I didn't love that. So I can definitely see. Hey, ours almost was happening. this weekend. If it weren't for the expo, we might've been drafting this weekend. So in reality, well, here we are. Be glad, let's be glad that it didn't happen that way. Thank you. Next week. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, expo. Anyway. So possums out there, if you were available this weekend and in the Canton, Ohio area and want to come hang out at the fantasy football expo, Please come on down. We'll have, I mean, plenty of people in the fantasy industry, especially all of the people that, you know, you see on Twitter that are hawking all of these threads that are probably getting annoying by now. They're all going to be at this expo for the most part. So if you want to come visit us, if you want to see people like Mike Clay, if you want to meet Jordan and have him annoy you about IDP and hatred for Kyler Murray, He'll be doing that. Um, we'll also be slinging some swag. So if you want to come buy a shirt, get a sticker, um, whatever you want, well, if you want to do a draft with us, we might do a live draft right there on Underdog. Completely possible that we can oh, do that. Oh, there it is. 
Um, yes, as Josh is showing in too. an audio medium that there is a shirt available, um, <laughs> and Joe's jo showing the sticker. Hey, I heard the, the shirt wrapper wrinkle a little bit. So I was about to say, if you, heard, if you heard a little like fabric. Uh, that was us showing off our swag that we got ready to go. That is the uh, swag that we have ready to go. So anyway, if you're out there and you want to come visit and hang out, we would love to see you, love to meet you. We would, you know, we're, we don't even know exactly how many fans, quote unquote, that we have out there. So we would definitely be happy and be more than happy to meet anybody that uh, wants to meet us because that would be if so you, cool. If you show up, we will buy you a beer. And if there are too many of you, we'll get you a really ice cold glass of water. So exactly. <laughs> come by and see us. For real. Just make It'll sure you put it on Jordan Reigns tab. Jordan Reigns tab. Just say that at the bar. That'll get you a free drink. Yep. His card will be there. I'm not opening that tab now, just in case you guys start saying that while I'm gone. So. <laughs> exactly. Put it on the possums tab. We should open a possums tab. No, we then... shouldn't. No, we yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, People let's not remember that. We won't open that can of worms. But anyway, Josh, get us out of here. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. To Whoa. go with the theme of your CCs, CC you later. Possums. Let's hope to be.